The pleasures of the kingdom of God are far superior than the pleasures of this world. And now for the kingdom restored. Thank you for joining us tonight for Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. Amen. Awesome. Tonight, I am just overjoyed to bring you this word that the Lord has given to me, I believe, to give unto you. We're going to talk about the kingdom restored. The kingdom restored. This is such a very, very powerful word. And I pray tonight that the Lord gives us optimum grace to proclaim this message to you in the same way he's given it unto me, if not greater, I pray. Our journey tonight will start actually in the book of Genesis, Genesis, the first chapter. Again, we're speaking from the subject of the kingdom restored, the kingdom restored. Let me tell you this, because really the kingdom restored talks about a path of power. It talks about a path of grace, a path of peace. It talks about a path of joy, the path of the overcomer, the path of the one who is victorious in all things. Look at this in Genesis, the first chapter, just two verses here. Genesis 1, verse 27 through 28, the original word that the Lord gave to man here. And the Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said, rather, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Two great words in that first commission, subdue, subdue it, have dominion over it, subdue it, have dominion over it. And because of those two words that were spoken over mankind in the very beginning of things, we have always wanted to have control. We've always wanted to do things a certain way. And when we're not in control, we don't like it. It doesn't bode well with us. God put inside the DNA of man from the very beginning the ability to subdue and have dominion. Subdue and have dominion. That's why some people, it seems like they receive the commission a little bit more than others because they're always bossy. But all of us have that on the inside of us. Well, we know what happened shortly after that. The devil came in and deceived the woman, the Bible says. But Adam, of course, eyes wide open, knowing what was happening, ate of the fruit anyway. And because they were in agreement, they were in agreement. There was a shifting of power from man to Satan. In effect, mankind created, or we can say mankind, they abdicated their authority in the kingdom of God. They created high treason. They were ruled under the governorship of the Holy Spirit upon the earth. And man was meant to be God's government on the earth, a show of what God would do in the earth. That's why God gave mankind dominion. He gave them authority because mankind was meant to build, oh, we could say a colony here on the earth. And a colony is just like the original homeland, a colony. If or when it happens, when they begin to colonize Mars, you will be able to see uh, McDonald's at Mars, too, I'm sure. (laughs) Burger King and all kind of fast food places, you'll still see Netflix or whatever's going to happen then. Whatever's happening here on Earth will be found there on Mars. 
It's a colony. The same type of clothing. Now, I'm sure they do things a little bit differently up there. There probably won't be any frogs on Mars or mosquitoes. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? But it's going to look like parts of when you go to Mars, whenever that happens, Lord willing, I don't know. But when it happens, when you step foot over there, you'll see some of this. You'll see some of this. And so the earth was meant to be a colony of heaven. That's why the Lord told us uh, to pray in Matthew, the sixth chapter, I believe, verse number 10. This is what you pray, boys. This is what you pray, disciples. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He wanted earth to be a colony of heaven, just like heaven is, the earth should be. So he gave man the abilities to subdue the earth. Subdue what? Well, we know the enemy had already fallen. Satan had already fallen from heaven. We know that there were an innumerable number of angels that fell with him. So Adam was put in a battle zone, but he was well equipped under the authority of God to handle everything. But of course, he created high treason. He abdicated the throne He gave that dominion over to Satan. Then, of course, Satan then began to rule. The enemy did not own the planet, but he owned the lease on the planet until a more powerful king would come and take that dominion back. Because it takes a king to take away a king's power. And so we see that here comes John the Baptist coming in the fullness of time, right? He's coming with one message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, for the kingdom is at hand. He preaches that John the Baptist is a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He preaches. And of course, when John was eventually beheaded and after that time, then Jesus came and picked up that mantle. He being the king himself. And this is what the Lord said here. And this is where we're going to really start our journey here and mark the first chapter, Mark 1. Mark 1, verse 14 and 15, it says this. It says, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, earthlings. The time is fulfilled. He says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. The kingdom is here. Here's the king of the kingdom. Boom, boom. Coming upon planet earth. Born of a virgin. Coming up, being born of full age now. Being baptized in the water. Went through the whole temptation there in the wilderness. Defeated the enemy. Pow! Devil couldn't do anything with him. He comes out in the power of the spirit. Then begins to preach, I have come to restore the kingdom. I've come to take back rulership, come to take back authority. Well, then he goes on through his earthly ministry, proclaiming the kingdom of God, telling people, if you want to enter into this kingdom, you've got to be born into it. You've got to be born into it. It's not like today when you go and go from one country to another. Or if people want to come and migrate over here to the United States, they have to take a test and all that stuff. And then maybe you'll be approved to get in. No, you've got to be born into this kingdom. So he says, I'm the king. I'm coming to give you authority. I'm come to give you power. The thing that was lost, I'm coming to give you greater than that. And that's his message. The kingdom of God is at hand. He preached the kingdom. He preached the kingdom. He preached the kingdom. He demonstrated the kingdom. He demonstrated it. Of course, he went to the cross and he he was resurrected and he returned. And what do you think that he talked about? When he returned, when he came back to the disciples, let's go to Acts, the first chapter, Acts, the first chapter, verse number three. 
Jesus Christ, now risen from the dead, he showed himself alive by many proofs. In Acts, the first chapter, verse number three, he says this, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Still talking about it. Still talking about the authority and the power that he has already released in the earth. It's there. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And the kingdom of God is within us. It's a whole authority that he has placed within us. Now, the church began to preach that. The apostles began to preach it. And and there came a time that they had to have some deaconos. They had to have some deacons. And the deacons were created or or formed. or And that whole ministry began to blossom and bloom. Philip, one of the deacons, begins to go out and he begins to proclaim a message. I wonder what message that was. Let's see. Acts, the 8th chapter. Acts 8, verse 12 through 13. We're going to tiptoe through the roses just for a little while because I want you to see what's in the book. Acts the 8th chapter, verse 12 through 13, it says this, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Verse 13, then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. The kingdom has power, is power. Paul also began to proclaim that message. As a matter of fact, let's look at Acts 28, chapter Acts 28, verses 30 through 31. You can jot these down. Acts 28, verse 30 through 31, it says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. He rented a house there. He was in this place for two years and received all that came in unto him. Verse 31 preaching. What was Paul doing in that house? Well, he was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. All this preaching concerning the kingdom of God. Well, what is it? What is it? Let's look it up. First Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 20. I love the way the New Living Translation says it. First Corinthians, fourth chapter, verse 20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Living by God's power. Romans, the 14th chapter, verse 17. Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Isn't that something? Jesus tells us that the kingdom of God is something that we can seek after. We can seek after. Of course, Matthew 6, chapter, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33. Hang with me. We're getting there. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is something that can also be seized. It can be taken by force. I love the way the Bible declares it here in in Matthew 11, verse 12. Let me read this to you out of the Amplified Bible, if you will. Matthew 11, verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought for, rather is sought 
with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. It's something that's sought for when people see it, when they lay hold to it, they grasp it and they won't let it go. Once you perceive what it is, see what it is, you're willing to let everything go to lay hold to it. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught that very thing. He taught that in a parable. As a matter of fact, he talked about two parables. He said, there was a man, he said, let me tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a man who finds treasure in a field and he buries it again and goes back and he sells all that he has in order to buy that field. It's just like the man, the Lord says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was searching for goodly pearls, right? He finds that pearl of great price, goes and sells all that he has and comes back and buys that pearl. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. As a matter of fact, this kingdom message is so powerful and it is so extremely important that Jesus said the end won't come until it is preached throughout the whole world. The end can't come. It can't come until it is preached. As a matter of fact, we look at that in Matthew 24, verse number 14. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So because this message is so important, I mean, these are just some of the scriptures. Because it's so important, what's our attitude toward it? What should be our attitude toward it? What should be our disposition? How should we handle this? As born-again believers, we see the word of God, we understand what it says, but how can we interact with it? And if Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like something that we would sell out completely and enter into it and just give everything away in order to live in it. If that's supposed to be our attitude, then why are we not willing to sell all to give all? What has us so restrained in life, keeping us really as normal, natural men and women? What restrains us that we cannot live a supernatural life? Because the kingdom of God is power. Everywhere the kingdom was preached, there was deliverance. There were signs and there were wonders. There was great revelation. And there were many, many, many added to the church daily such as should be saved. What we saw in the book of Acts was a demonstration of the kingdom of God. The church was honored. They may not have liked them, but they feared them. They were well respected in the communities. As a matter of fact, one of the hallmarks of the church was that the power of greed was broken and everybody that had houses and lands, they sold them and they laid the prize and laid the money and put it down at the apostles feet. Now, it wasn't that let's all get broke and live somewhere in Brokeville. I'm sure these were other houses, right? Because if you sell your house and I sell my house, not where we're going to live. No, it was, you have one house, but you have surplus. We sold all of that so that others in the church, others in the ministry, others among the kingdom of God, so that their needs could be supplied to. There was a oneness, there was a koinonia, there was a fellowship, there was brotherly love where we broke bread from house to house. You come over my house, I come over your house, and we just fellowship one with another. But today, I'm not sure if I want to have them over my house because have you seen their house? Their house is much bigger than my house. I'm not sure if I want to do that or not. Once the sermon is over, the doors are closed. We don't call each other. See you. See you next week. We don't really commune with each other outside of the box. There's something holding us back from walking in the full manifestation of power that Jesus says we are to live. 
that's available to us as citizens of the kingdom of God right here, right now. Let me tell you what that thing is that is holding us back. It is the idols, the idolatry that we picked up in this world because we've loved the world more than we have loved him. And many are not willing to give all to the Lord. We're willing to give some, but there is a point in which we will say, Jesus, no, you can't come this far. I mean, you come this far, but you know, that's my stuff, Jesus. You sell your stuff, Jesus. I'm going to stay over here, okay? We'll meet somewhere in the middle. But he's not like that. He's not like that. Because the very part of you, the closed doors that you have for him, those closed doors that are hiding that stuff in that room, all those items that are in that room are all things that the devil is using to torment us with and defeat us with. Our lives are to be an open door throughout all of our lives where Jesus must be ruler. He must be king over everything that we are in our entertainment. He must be king. In our friendships, he must be king. In our relationships, he must be king. In our careers, he must be king. In our finances, he must be king. In social media, he must be king. In every area of our lives, we should live in a house that has no doors. Holy Spirit, come in and fill us through and through. Take over, take control. I yield to you. I yield to the authority of the kingdom of God. I yield to you, my king. Jesus. And when we walk in that authority, when we walk in that transparency with the Lord, repenting of our sins, believing in him and trusting in him. And here's one big thing as I close. One thing we've got to be really convinced of, or we'll never give all to him. You must be convinced that what Jesus has is far better than what the devil has. The pleasures of the kingdom of God are far superior than the pleasures of this world. If you're not convinced of that, when the devil says, here, snake eyes, let's go gambling, let's go drinking, let's go dancing, let's go this, let's go that. If you're not convinced that what Jesus has for you is far better than that, then you reach back over to that old cookie jar and pick up one of those again. When the pressure is on you and it will come on you to forsake all for him. You're going to have to believe, Jesus, you have greater. Your way is better. As a matter of fact, his way is perfection. It's perfection. Once we live a life completely given over to him. In relationship, you're married. The Lord said, hey, don't commit adultery. That means not having a chick on the side. Not having this, not having that. We're fully committed to him in every area of our lives. And it's going to take the Holy Spirit to really dig those lies out of us and show us truth. And when that happens, we'll walk in that authority. But again, living this type of life is supernatural. Natural man cannot do this. It's going to take you working with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working with you, being your governor, being your tutor, your guide, walking you through, showing you what lies that we have received and calling finally, you know, a lie, a lie and truth, truth. And we're finally walking out of darkness, completely walking in light because you never have mastery over something that has mastery over you and you never overcome something that you're unwilling to confront. The Lord wants you to walk in power and authority and live as an overcomer in this life. Well above circumstances and situations, walking on the waters, sleep in the midst of trouble in your boat, trusting in him, relying on him because he has everything and everything he has is perfection. Well, thank you for joining me tonight for Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. Amen.
Amen. Thank you all so much. Amen. We thank Pastor Stroud for that awesome message. Give him another hand. That was indeed a deep message. Many of you need to listen to that again. I had never really thought about us as a colony of heaven. I tell you, that's deep. And we're so focused right now on going and colonizing Mars. But I tell you, if we don't get Earth right in this colony, we're going to bring some mess up to Mars. The same messing as we do down here, we'll do it right up there. So we've got to get this colony right and mimic the ways of God and bring the righteousness of God on earth and do what he says to do and what he says to say, say those things and how he says to treat each other in love, how he loves us. If we could just do each other like that, we wouldn't need to worry about Mars. So a lot of the reason they having to worry about Mars is they weren't by blowing each other up down here. <laughs> but if you don't get the heart of man right, they'll send missiles up there. So you're not safe if the heart of man is not right. So you can't escape evil by just shooting a rocket off. But you've got to turn to the Lord and turn from your evil ways. and Cast it out of your heart. Just fill it with love. So we thank him for this just awesome, deep, and yet practical message amen amen and it'll should cause us to as we go through our days to and as we perform actions to ask is this bringing god's kingdom closer or is it pushing it further away from his kingdom how i'm treating this person how i'm reacting and how my attitude is so just think about that as you go about your life during the week so we thank him again for this awesome message amen Amen. So you all can stand to your feet. I asked my daughter Genesis to come close us in prayer today. Amen. She came to church with me. Amen. Amen. Hello, everybody. May you please bow your head and close your eyes for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you've set in place from the beginning. Thank you for the love that you've set in place from the beginning and thank you for the order with that love that you've set in place that you will always be our master and that we will always be your masterpiece that you will always be El Shaddai our shepherd and we will always be your sheep Father God to lovingly surrender back unto you Lord I pray for us to remember the beginning the way that you loved us the way that you were there for us the way that we were there for you and each other And Lord, in any moment of despair, in any moment of ungratitude, in any moment of Satan attacking us or of us attacking each other, Lord, I pray that we notice your manifested presence because you are always there. I don't have to ask for that. You're there because you care more than we do. So I just pray that we remember you care more than we do. We don't have to lose our peace because you care more than we do. We don't have to worry about the future and have control because you care more than we do. We don't have to forget who we are and be concerned with finding our sense of identity because you care about us more than we do. You made us and know more than we do, God. You are El Shaddai and Master, and we are your masterpiece and sheep. So I pray that we remember these things. 
I pray that we remember more than these things, that we make new memories with you, new memories to cherish and new lessons to share. But all together, God, that we come together and we don't forget each other in, in that love that you show us, that we show it unto others by following your commands and simply by loving. Thank you, thank you, thank you abundantly for all that you've already done. And thank you for all that I know you will do because you do, you do care, God. And it's in your son's name that I pray, amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled The Kingdom Restored by Mark Stroud. This message is number 6588. That's 6588. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6588 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.